This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. We've made it to the 5 o'clock hour here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket on a Wednesday. So we are, we're getting, I think we're past the halfway there, halfway point on hump day. Uh, so we're getting toward the weekend, I think, officially. We'll have Thirsty Thursday, of course, tomorrow. And then the weekend is just around the corner with Friday, Saturday. And then before we know it, we'll, we'll just stack a couple Saturdays together, and then we're there. It's college football season. Nebraska will be kicking off in Dublin. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we're counting down to. But, of course, until then, we've got plenty more sports talk to bring you. I'm Jake Bakovan. I've been at the ticket for quite some time. And Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, now joining us on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline as he is uh, heading off uh, to, to a plane to, to go uh, to – are you going out to Vegas for uh, for some uh, pleasure or business there, uh, Mr. Mr. Strickland? Well, I think it'll – you know, anytime I take a trip, it's always a little bit of both. You get you get fun because you get a chance to hang out with some old friends and and relax a little bit, and then you also have to handle whatever the business is that you must attend to. Yeah, that, that's fair enough, especially if you, if you're going to the Sin City. You know, there's always a little bit of time for fun there as you're doing some business as well. So, uh, thanks for uh, for taking some time out still uh, while you're traveling to join us here on the block. We really do appreciate that. Uh, I did want to get to the the goat discussion that ESPN is kind of throwing out uh, goats as far as the NFL greatest of all time, obviously at each position. Uh, and it is uh, it is Tom Brady's birthday, and he to me is the goat. Uh, so we will do that here in a second. But I did also want to. Uh, run down quickly with you because uh, we we had it on the rundown. We didn't quite get to it quite yet. Is the basketball tournament? Uh, I, it's a, it's you kind of know a little bit more than I do about this, so I'll let you kind of break it down a little bit. But it's a it's a tournament that they do every year. They've been doing annually for quite some time here, and it's uh, the winner gets a million dollars. And it's a single elimination tournament. Lots of schools have their alumni groups kind of in this thing. ESPN has been broadcasting it. I noticed Nebraska does not have an alumni team in it, and I also noticed a Nebraska alumni by the name of Devrel Biggs on the Creighton alumni team. What's going on there? Uh, so, uh, what? I mean, have you been following the the basketball tournament, and uh, and, and what did you kind of think of the level of play, and if, if Nebraska should get going into this? Well, I, I will say that I think that is it, it's a wonderful thing that they built and they put together, right? And there's a lot of alumni that come together and they, they put teams together and, and they go out there and compete. I mean, this year, uh, an alumni group from Buffalo ends up tapping in and winning a million dollars, which is, which is phenomenal, right? Um, you go and look down, you see teams from North Carolina, you'll see, you know, teams built of Ivy League, a combination of Ivy League players. You'll see all types of teams from all, all over the place, you know. And what I liked about what they did this year, they did it in multiple regions. They actually had one that, that um, you know, maybe some people missed 
and it happened at DJ uh, Sokol Arena, which, you know, uh -huh. obviously UNO plays at. And uh, they had one in Cincinnati, one in West Virginia. They had a region out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. They did one region outside, which is the first time uh, that this has ever been done, and it was the Rucker Park out there in nice. New York. Uh, they had one in Syracuse, w Wichita, and Dayton. And I, I think it's just a tremendous thing to get a lot of these alumni just to come together to compete. And, and, and there is no limitation on who can be involved. I mean, they're, they're, you can actually have NBA players that can participate. There's no limit on how many of them uh, can participate. But here's the thing. It's a million dollars. Um, most of the NBA players are going to make that in whatever their careers are. So, and I think there's also just some, some things and stipulations in their, their contracts maybe. Um, but, they, you know, you see a lot of NBA guys playing in, in summer league stuff out there at the Drew in L.A., some out there in Seattle, Washington. You'll see some down in Houston. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's some good basketball. Why not participate? But I think the intensity of it is probably why uh, you probably don't see a lot of NBA players participating in it. 68 teams, it's a big tournament. $1 million is a take-home prize. And I also think they also give away money if you win your regions as well. Yeah. So that's why I think it's, it's, it's something to keep your eye on. It's unique in that you play, I think, a lot of European rules. Um, they have what they call the Elam ending. The Elam ending is basically once the shot, once the clock in the fourth quarter is nine minute quarters. Once it gets to four minutes, uh, they take into account if it's a tie game, whatever the score is, they add eight points to that, and then whoever's first to that that score wins. So if you're up by 15 or tie game, whoever scores the next eight points at that point via field goal or free throw, you must score the points to win. And so I thought it's, it's, it's a pretty unique thing. It's, it's actually grown. It's, it's expanded. They're getting great TV coverage. And I thought it was uh, – it was, it was, I watched it last night, and it was good to see those young men get an opportunity, especially a lot of them that maybe didn't get a chance to go to the NBA, maybe didn't get a chance to have an extended European career. And uh, they have an opportunity to compete here in the States for a million-dollar take-home prize. Yeah, it's interesting as I just kind of run through some of the teams that were there this year or, or part of it is, you know, you've kind of got your nickname based off the school that, you're, that your alumni comes from. Like Auburn alumni has a team called War Ready. Uh, Xavier alumni has a Zip Em Up. So uh, you got Arkansas alumni in there, Dayton, Colorado State, Kansas State, uh, St. You know, St. Peter's, New Mexico State. So you don't, you know, Creighton, as I mentioned earlier, is in there. Um, Cincinnati, uh, Marquette, Purdue. I mean, so you don't have to be a name recognized school, I guess, or the biggest name brand school um, to really, you know, put a team in. I think it's free even to get in. So uh, I would, I just love to see uh, a, a team of ex Huskers get on there. Uh, maybe it may strict. Maybe you could be the coach or you could actually get out there and ball and, and kind of get this together uh, if they do this again, because it, it, I think that'd be fun to follow along and also help promote Nebraska a little bit as a bit more of a basketball school. Obviously, we've we've had our struggle there in the last couple of years, but just anything to get uh, Nebraska basketball attention on the national side of things, you have to win quite a bit of games and, and get make it to the finals to, before you. I think you get televised. But still, I, I think some of our ex-Hoopers ex can get in there and get, get the job done. Well, I, I definitely would love to, um, uh, from the Sauter-Hayman text line, I definitely would love to hear 
what type of team would they like to amass? Like, if you had the opportunity, if if the listeners on the block were the coach or were affiliated with amassing this team and putting together, what would your dream team look like? How, uh, uh, you know, you, let, let, let me let me see your your best seven or your best eight players. I would love to see what that would, what they would come up with, and and what we could put together in order to compete if we wanted to go for the big. Uh, million dollar prize. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of something I'm interested in seeing, Bob. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. So send us your thoughts there on the side of text line 402-464-5685. Maybe over the last 10, 15 years, those those players, uh, at, at a certain point, you might age out. Uh, Strick, of course, isn't. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal athlete, so he could still probably go out there and play. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if you'd want to pick all guys from the, from the 90s or from his era. Uh, maybe some more recent guys. It seems to be a bit of a young man's tournament so maybe guys over the last couple of years uh as we know nebraska you know probably guys that aren't quite in the nba uh you know it'd be nice to get isaiah roby and uh, and bryce mcgowan's out there and all that but yeah i mean i think they that they could put together a pretty a pretty pretty good group um you kind of think of just you know kind of a little bit beyond that maybe you know i, I don't know is if Teran petaway up to much uh, maybe <laughs> you know andrew white the third can make up for some of his uh uh, misdoings, I suppose, having left here at Nebraska. Glenn Watson, I'm sure, would, would fit in there. So you're just kind of thinking of that. You know, that's pretty specific Tim Miles arrow right there. But uh, maybe you could get uh, Alex Mark was played up until recently. So, I mean, overseas. So maybe you can kind of get some of that, you know, get the big man in there involved as well. Absolutely. I would love to see, you know, how that would pan out. I mean, I wish that stuff was available to us when we were coming up. I mean, that would have been fun to be able to play with Skull Hayes and, 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 and Cliff Scales and Bo Reed and guys that I didn't have an opportunity to play with, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, to watch Bruce Chuffin compete at that level because he definitely would have been game for it. Uh, you know, who else we could have added in, you know what I mean? A, a, a Jason Glock or a Chad Diaz or somebody like that, Tom Walls. Uh, who, who, who would have been able to get in there man, and, and mix it up with us? Ron Boone. Definitely Badge would have been down for the get-down. Uh, or do you put together a Nebraska-Iowa or Nebraska-Creighton mix? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, playing with the Charles Wrightsell and DeJuan Cole and guys like that, man, it would, have been, it would have been interesting to see how we could have put that together and make it a Nebraska run at it. Yeah, like I said, I, I saw I saw um, Devrell Biggs on the Creighton team, so I guess they're already taking a little bit of the Husker mix there, so I don't know if I like that. But uh, in any case, uh, we've got a, a few responses on the text line. Uh, somebody on the text line says, as long as Mike Peltz is there, I'll watch. So, yeah, great, great shout-out, Mike Peltz. Great Husker, uh, once uh, proposed at a game, so that was pretty cool. Uh, somebody else uh, says, eight Jorge Brian Diaz's, and we bring home that million. Yeah, if there could only be eight Jorge Brian Diaz's, I mean, then, I mean, that, that's the, that's too perfect. You know, that's a, that's an obvious way uh, to make the perfect team, but I wouldn't mind seeing Jorge Brian Diaz back out there. Uh, Wet Blanket says, uh, AW3, Andrew White third place for Bayheim's Army. They won the, the tournament last year. Oh, okay. Well, good for Andrew White the third. I didn't know that. I did, I did see that Bayheim's Army was out there, but but he was a Bayheim rental, so I don't know if I count him in Bayheim's army, but uh, I guess they do, and, and they'll still take his three-point shooting, I'm sure. Uh, so that's just kind of a, a cool thought there, and, and, and it's it's really – I mean, I, I don't know – I guess I don't. I don't know who organized this or who made the basketball tournament, but it's a really cool idea, and it's something that I think a lot of people have thought over the years. 
um, whether you uh, you know you love the certain level, the NBA and college and all that, and, and go to watch the high school hoops. But um, there's there's got to be you know a, a national tournament for a million dollars. I mean, it just it sounds like the perfect idea. So I'm glad that it's it, you even get a, a TV partner and and get some recognition there. I'd love for Nebraska to get in a team as well. Uh, Strickland is joining us, Eric Strickland, on the Hunt of Lincoln Hotline here as he is uh, is getting ready to travel here. So we are going over a few different things. We just got over talking about the basketball tournament. Now let's turn our attention to the GOAT conversation. Today is the GOAT's birthday. Uh, Tom Brady turns 45 today, so happy birthday to the only man that is out able to outlast Father Time so far. By the way, also happy birthday to uh, Martha Stewart and Martin Sheen. They also they share birthdays with uh, Tom Brady. I, I noticed that when I was looking it up earlier. Uh, but uh, ESPN actually did a list of goats at each position. So I want to see if uh, we can kind of nail this down and get the right, uh, predict the right goat here. So, Strick, I'll, I'll kind of put you on the spot. Uh, and we'll start with quarterback. Do you think that they put who I see as the goat and many see as the goat, Tom Brady, as the goat at quarterback, according to ESPN here. Well, I, I think there's just really no fight in that. I don't, I don't think you can really fight that at this point. Um, he, you know, definitely the fact of what he's been able to accomplish there in New England, uh, as you stated, uh, Father Time didn't seem to hurt him in any case or any form. Uh, he's still playing at a very high level um, at one of the hardest. Uh, positions to be able to do it um you know i used to think that brett Favre was was phenomenal in the fact that he was able to age and, and do it gracefully and still do it at a high level uh, he definitely began to see some waning in time and Peyton manning you know as he got later in his career and his abilities to get the ball downfield uh but tom was one of those ones that just it didn't seem to affect him at all and to be able to do it with a different team i, I can't find him i gotta i gotta say he's that guy yeah, as far as what ESPN came up with, uh, 44 of 50 votes there came back for Tom Brady, so that makes some sense. There might be a few. Uh, there might be a few of Peyton Manning and Joe Montana fans, as it turns out. Uh, Joe Montana got four of the votes. Peyton Manning got the other two. Uh, running backs kind of interesting. There's a lot of great running backs. The person that actually won, according to ESPN, only got 23 out of the first 50 votes. As you think about the best running backs of all time, uh, who who would kind of uh, who would lead your list, Strick? Um, I'm, I'm a big Walter Payton fan. Mm, I, I'm a big Walter Payton fan just in the style and the ruggedness and the hardness and the way that he did it from the position. But for me, I, 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 I'm going to say Barry Sanders. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to say Barry Sanders for me because Barry was able to do it with no line. I can only imagine if Barry Sanders had an Emmitt Smith type of line, what he would have been able to do with the style of, of, of running he was able to do and, and to amass and then shut it down before his time. Phenomenal. Yeah, Phenomenal. yeah. I, I think I think if Barry would have played out his career, he would be without a doubt the best of all time. Uh, they ended up going with Jim Brown. So the <laughs> the Browns actually get some love today on a day where they don't get a whole lot. Uh, but uh, Jim Brown got most of the first place votes here. Others, uh, according to ESPN, uh, that were in the running. Barry Sanders was the runner-up with 14 votes. Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, and Ladinian Tomlins all receiving at least one vote as well. Uh, the wide receiver is the other position that's probably um, it's settled who the GOAT is. It's been settled for years. Uh, Jerry Rice is the GOAT in that category. Anybody else kind of stick out to you, Strick? 
Um, I, I've got to say, um, my guy. Oh gosh, my name is his name is dropping. Um, six five. He played with New England. Oh, Randy, Randy played Moss. with Randy Moss. Oh yeah, yes sir. I uh, listen. Yeah, Randy Moss is a problem. Um, as bad as many people don't like him, uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty tough to fight Terrell Owens. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got to be up there. It's pretty tough to fight him in the debate. Uh, but definitely, Randy Moss was one of the ones that I just felt that was an absolute problem. I think if Megatron would have continued, could have been could have been one of those ones. If he would have been on a you know a different a different team potentially. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him with like a, a Brett Favre or somebody like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it was kind of sad with Barry then Sanders. You got Irving, Michael Irving's oh, yeah. career went down a little bit early with the neck injury. Jerry Rice was able to do it at a long, a, a long tenure. I mean, you 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 can run off a lot of wide receivers that can be uh, able to to fill in that spot. Yeah, Jerry Rice did get 45 of the 50 first-place votes. Like I said, just his longevity, you know, going through the Joe Montana era into the Steve Young era, and then even getting to the Super Bowl in Oakland, uh, he was something special and, and widely regarded as the greatest of all time at that position. Uh, but you did mention Brandon, uh, Randy Moss. He did get four votes as well. Don Hudson actually got one uh, as well, but it wasn't too much. Uh, two other many votes out there because Jerry Rice was kind of taking it up. Off the text line, Gene and Lincoln did say Megatron maybe should be considered. Uh, it's just kind of sad. Megatron and Barry Sanders' career somewhat wasted away in Detroit. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, another guy I think that would be tossed in there. Unfortunately for me, uh, I'm a Cardinals fan, I, so I loved watching his career, but I think you could probably say the same thing with his career, maybe a little bit wasted away there in the desert. Uh, but as we jump to tight in there, I'll, I'll give you some names here uh, because I think that it's fascinating. There's some there's some really good ones in here that you could, that you could go off of uh, or that you could choose from. Uh, we got Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, Mike Dick, uh, uh, Kellen Winslow, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. Which uh, which tight end would get your vote, Strick? That that's <laughs> that is a hard one. It is right because that position it, it, it just depends. You know, if it's that, I, I can you fight even? I, I wouldn't say go, but could you even throw him in there with a Jason Witten? Oh yeah, what he was able to do. You know what I mean? He yeah. wasn't the most gifted, wasn't the most athletic, wasn't, wasn't sexy like, you know, Tony Gonzalez or Shannon Sharp. You know what I mean? But he was able to get the job done. Um, but but ultimately, I, I, I really love, I really love um, Tony Gonzalez. And I think Rob Gronkowski, I think it's 1A and 1B for me. Yeah, and Gronk, of course, uh, you know, is is been you know all the hype as of late. Uh, he might not have even been the best tight end early with the New England Patriots there, but we all know kind of how that turned out. So he ended up having the longevity there. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you put Dan, you know, if you put Tony Gonzalez in the modern era. I think that he might, you know, blow it up even more. I mean, we're because we're seeing. I mean, there's there's some pretty darn good tight ends right now out there as well. You know, kind of with Travis Kelsey yeah. and George Kittle and those guys. But I think Tony Gonzalez, if you put him in this era, would be the best of all time. But they ended up going with uh, Rob Gronkowski. Fair enough. Uh, he earned 23 of the 50 first place votes there um, from ESPN. As we're going through the goats at each position that ESPN ranked here, uh, I won't make you uh, pick your favorite offensive tackle. I'll just go ahead and say Anthony Munoz. Munoz uh, 
actually uh, got most of the votes there playing for Cincinnati his whole career from 1980 to 1992. He earned 27 of the 50 first place votes for tackle. Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace, Walter Jones uh, also in the running there. At offensive guard, they went with Larry Allen who earned 21 of the 50 uh, first-place votes there, I guess the votes overall. Um, he played for Dallas uh, the majority of his career, finished it off with San Francisco. Um, got Gene Upshaw. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Mary Allen. I got to watch him up close and personal, so absolutely I would I would buy for that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you, yeah, you guys were in the same town at the same time, huh? Same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was pretty dominant there uh, as part of that that Dallas Cowboys dynasty. At center, they have Mike Webster from the the Pittsburgh Steelers dynasty uh, from the uh, 1974 1988. He played with the Steelers before finishing off his season uh, with Kansas City. Nine Pro Bowlers, uh, Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowls for him. Uh, they also throw a couple other guys in there: runner up Jim Otto and Chuck Benark. Uh So that that wraps it up for the offensive side. The defensive side. Uh, interesting as well as we've kind of determined this new uh, this new Nebraska's actually embraced the edge rusher right that so that position uh, a lot of people think best player overall or most athletic player overall uh, at the edge position uh, would be Lawrence Taylor would you agree or Lawrence yeah. Taylor would he get your vote I mean Reggie White Bruce Smith JJ Watt TJ Watt even coming along now uh, still hard to measure up to LT yeah, I, I would I would agree, and I also think Neil Smith was was a go. phenomenal rush end. Uh, but yeah, between him and 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 I think Reggie White was was just absolutely dominant from the position, athletically sexy, quick and speed. You got to go with LT, but yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, between Reggie White. Yeah, they mentioned 12 double-digit sack seasons in his 15 years. Um, that is crazy. But Lawrence Taylor just at his best. Uh, it's hard to argue with that. How about defensive tackle? Don't think too hard about this. Just think about the best player in the league now, probably. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. There's just, I mean, I, I, there, there's, there's nothing I can say. I think if, if um, you know, I mean, maybe you can throw in Deacon. You know, Deacon Jones yeah. or, or, or one of those type of guys, yeah, but at the end of the day, Aaron Donald, from from the disruption of, 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 of what it was as far as the offensive means of getting the job or defensive means of getting the job done, I think Aaron Donald is phenomenal. Yeah, and, I, and he's he's been talking about hit, cutting his career off a little bit earlier than maybe we expected. Um, so just remember as you're watching him, and, and he kind of took over the Super Bowl. I'll, I'll never forget that because nobody really ever thought about it. And then on the day of the Super Bowl, said, yeah, this might be my last game. And we're like, what? Uh, but, I mean, he is greatness as we watch it play out. Uh, obviously, his career not over still uh, – voted the best defensive tackle ever to play the game uh, at linebacker. Uh, I was, uh, I was pretty happy to watch this guy as I was growing up uh, earning 23 of 50 first place votes was Ray Lewis. Uh, I love the fact that Ray Lewis, I mean, it was so, so fun to watch. Uh, but of course our, our favorite Ray Lewis movie memory here in Nebraska is more from his, uh, his college playing days there with Warren Sapp in Miami. Yeah. You know, tremendous linebacker size wise, a, a great motor, um, led one of the best defenses of all time, you know, just in, in definitely in the top five of that. Um, you know, he, he didn't just do it from uh, the tail end of his career. He did it from the beginning of his career. I mean, other than that, you've got to look at Buckus. You've got to look at 
um, Jack Lambert, you know, some of the old guys, you know, the purple people eaters, linebackers, as well as the Steeler linebackers. I mean, you know, you, you, you've got to you've gotta just – the totality and the body of his work, both from the ability to cover and to read and to make plays, to, to get interceptions. And, and he was just all over the field. It was like when, when it was time to shine, he was, he was ready for the challenge. And, and so, yeah, I, I can't fight that one. Yeah, two-time defensive player of the year. The only player in NFL history, Ray Lewis, was to have 40-plus sacks and 30 interceptions in his career. So an absolute playmaker, I think, deserving of that honor. How about defensive back? I'll, I'll let you choose this one before we get to who ended up winning, but uh, there, there's some studs right here. Uh, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, uh, Deion Sanders, Darrell Revis, Champ Bailey. Who's your pick at defensive back? Come on, man. D. Sanders, my boy. I just, yeah, look. <laughs> Anybody that can shut down a whole side of a field that you just you just didn't want to touch, I got to go with D. Sanders. Yes, just 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 overall body of work, the ability to return punts, the ability to return kicks, the ability uh, to play offense and play as a receiver and make play. Yeah, Deion Sanders definitely for me is, is the guy. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair enough. Deion Sanders um, it, it was voted overall thirty-two votes as the best cornerback of all time. Uh, interesting enough, when do, you, when do you think Dion was at his best? you think Atlanta, San Francisco, Dallas, uh, you know, even later in his career, probably not Washington or Baltimore, but which Dion do you do you kind of picture in your mind when you think of uh, his greatness? That's the crazy thing, right? It was three of them for me. It was Atlanta, it was San Francisco, and Dallas yeah. for me. That's where I think, I mean, you just run through all of those, and, 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 and he had success. And, and to do some magnanimous as, as playing in a playoff game and then also going to play in a World Series game. I mean, that's crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah, I mean, he, he he absolutely lived the dream, and now is uh, is trying to to coach the dream. So we'll see if that turns around for him uh, at safety. Uh, Gene and Lincoln jumping out in front of it, and he's he's proclaiming Ronnie Lott the goat. And uh, ESPN actually agreed; they earned twenty seven of the fifty votes there, so more than half the votes. Um, some really good competition there with him, though. Uh, you think of Ed Reed or Brian Dawkins, Troy Polamalu, uh, some of the other names that they brought up there. Uh, but uh, when you know, uh, over the years, Ronnie Lott. Just an interception machine. I'm a big fan of Ronnie Lott because I wanted to be like him. Uh, until they changed the rules and started adding targeting, I mean, Ronnie Lott used to lay boom on you. Like, oh, you, yeah. you didn't want to see Ronnie Lott when you came across the middle on a post or on a, on a, on a, on a, uh, a, a 10 and in or on a, uh, anything revolving in his area. You didn't want to see Ronnie Lott in that middle. That was, that's just the fear that he imposed on you. Yeah, then there's a, there's always that story of his uh, amputated pinky finger. I think he went out and still played or whatever it was with him. So just a real tough guy uh, and, a, and a winner, four-time Super Bowl champ there, uh, Ronnie Lott. So I think they also had kicker. Uh, I'm going to go look and see if I can run that down. I think that I don't I don't have it right in front of me um, as uh, my Internet's now turning against me. But uh, that's kind of the GOAT conversation that they had there at ESPN. They ranked all of them, um, voted at the best at each position. Um, and, again, I don't have the kick 
kicker in front of me, so I can't read you any of the stats, but I know they went with Adam Vinatieri. Uh, I know. I, I, that's easy. I mean, Vinatieri. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Longevity and consistency. I mean, Vinatieri, for me, is that guy. Oh, yeah, and this is the biggest, some of the biggest kicks in history with the, the Patriots franchise, and then really solid for the Colts there at toward the end of his career. So, yeah. Uh, that yeah. Adam Vinatieri was a stud. Uh, real quick, let's get to your a few responses on the text. I went blank and just texted in something funny <laughs> uh, from uh, the basketball tournament we are talking about earlier, um, which is just a million-dollar tournament. And a lot of people, a lot of teams put their alumni in. We are talking about putting together a Nebraska alumni team. Uh, he said in one text saying we, that they wanted Brian Conklin, which Co- Conklin was awesome, a great three-point shooter. Uh, maybe we could get uh, Kerry Cohorn, who's sometimes a guest on early break in there as well, get the get those guys playing the day of the three-pointer. Uh, but he also says, I would love to see Teddy Allen playing for the Nebraska alumni team unless he is already playing for the New Mexico State alumni or the West Virginia alumni or the Wichita State alumni or, of course, the Western Nebraska Community College alumni. So uh, Teddy, Allen, Teddy Allen's a tough man to get. There's a lot of alumni looking out for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was, that's, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good for wet blanket. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on the uh, on the block. We've got uh, Eric Strickland joining us here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, and uh, there's a few different ways to go here. Uh, let's do this: six different schools are favored to win every game in the regular season this upcoming year. We'll tell you who those teams are. Just kind of think about it. Not every Power 5 conference is represented, uh, but just kind of think about which teams those school or which schools they would be, and we'll give that to you next year on the other side of the break. You're listening to On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.